needed to say to our parents, here's what we know from a factual point of view. The big picture is here's where we're hoping to be and this is what we want for your children. We want them safe, we want them learning. The systems bit is how we're going to get them there and the relational bit was the most important part at the time. We will, we will do all we can to care for your children to make sure they feel safe. We will communicate with you and listen to you. Kia ora from New Zealand and welcome to the Fernware Learning Lab hosted by Bill and Kelly. Fernware's research and insights team. In this podcast, you'll meet some of the world's leading educationalists who'll be sharing their stories of inspiration and insights for the future with some practical advice for the classroom. So, Kelly, it's it's very, very strange new world. How are you doing? Good. It's nice to see your face. So, so much has changed since we recorded our last podcast. So, we were together in the same room. We were recording yeah. next week. We were having a conversation. And now, here we are on Zoom. You're recording on your phone, I'm recording on a microphone. Technology's great, but um, mm. it's so strange, isn't it? Everybody's in their own bubbles and yeah. Well, well what I love is that already we're, we're starting to incorporate what Neil was saying in, in the first podcast and said, you know, remember the, the touch points, the, the people. And, and so, you know, we're having the, the daily coffee mornings and uh, we've got drinks tonight. We do, are you coming? Are you gonna dress up? Oh, maybe I should, is there a theme? Or we, I'm not sure, but we should. It's just, it was really nice last week as well, wasn't it? When we all said, you know, take a photo of your new office set up at home and share it. And we were all sharing our stories and we're all sitting next to our kids trying to teach them at the same time as doing work. And dogs were sitting on laps and, you know, it was great. You know, the, the new routines are amazing. And, and the other things, I think, um, long hair is going to come into fashion. Grey hair is going to come into fashion. I can vouch for the grey hair. My roots are looking quite disturbing at the moment. So uh, yeah. I'm a big fan of grey hair. I think it's very beautiful. <laughs> I think yeah, silver fox. It's going to be it's going to be a huge thing. I think um, I think we've all adapted pretty quickly. We've all had to. We had to move pretty quickly, and mm. it's becoming a global thing. Everybody's going into lockdown now. So I just think we just have to stay in touch and connected in different ways, and um, and that's really important. I think. So this week we continue our interview with Principal Neil O'Reilly from Kowloon Junior School in Hong Kong. Last week he shared his valuable insights and expertise taken from leading schools during the Christchurch earthquakes and the recent political upsets in Hong Kong to share how to support teaching staff through the current COVID-19 pandemic. In part two of our interview, Neil discusses remaining connected to students via distance learning, but also keeping on top of their mental health and well-being and how to communicate with parents through all of this. And, you know, again, if you know of anyone who would benefit from Neil's amazing insights, please pass on the pod. I love that term, Bill, that you said last week. I'm going to keep it. Yeah, that's from Peter Crouch's podcast. We also have some um, really useful checklists that are um, beautifully designed for you to download. And they've got really good practical advice to help you connect with your staff and your students and support them remotely during school closures. So we talked a little bit about teachers and the students. Um, you had to obviously keep parents happy, and, and again, that's that balance between transparency and over-involving them, I, I guess. What, what was your sort of take on that? I um, had been come across whole brain thinking, the Herman Brain Dominance Index, quite some years beforehand, and it's a, a way of thinking that looks at the four quadrants in which people relate and communicate. And critically important for us are the four quadrants around relationships, big picture, 
um, systems and facts would be the easiest way to put it. So a lot of the work I did um, was about making sure that when we communicated, because that's what builds relationship or not, mm. be it digital, be it um, newsletters, be it face-to-face, -face, that we covered those four quadrants. So it was really, really important at the time not to fudge the facts. We needed to say to our parents, here's what we know from a factual point of view. The big picture is here's where we're hoping to be, and this is what we want for your children. We want them safe, we want them learning. The systems bit is how we're gonna get them there, and the relational bit was the most important part at the time. We will, we will do all we can to care for your children to make sure they feel safe. We will communicate with you and listen to you. So I used those four quadrants to frame up my communication and the way that I related with our parents, and it paid dividends. So the parents felt like they had the facts, they understood that we were caring for their children and, and their well-being. They knew how we were going to get from where we were to where we wanted to, to be, and they saw the big picture. And that big picture was complex and changing at the time. So, um, and I'm using the same thing here. And what we did is we used then and now a lot of feedback from parents. So really transparent surveys and, and feedback. Tell us what's going well, tell us what's not going well, because ultimately, we need to partner with you if we're going to be successful. We cannot do it on our own. So you, you listened to what they said and then changed things and said, we heard you and, and this is what we're doing as a result. To a point, we also have to support our staff and their well-being. So my job as leader is to listen, but also to really communicate effectively and clearly what we are able to do and what our expectations are. So it's a balance of listening and, and responding mm. rather than reacting and then communicating, thank you for that feedback, and, and here's what we are able to provide in, in this really complex time. Here's what we're able to do. So parents, when, you, when, the, when you're listening to them, it's not to say that we're gonna say yes and do everything, it's the fact that people feel listened to that counts. Mm -hmm. And then also being, so a, a role of a leader is really critical at this time to also make sure that staff feel supported, because if our staff aren't able to do their job well, then we're in real strife. So I also, have to advocate on behalf of the staff and say, this is what we can do and this is what we can't do. This is what you can ask of staff and this is what you cannot ask of staff. And just being really clear, and it comes back to that fact and system side, being really clear about what are the systems and processes we're going to use to get us from where we are to where we want to be. Collaboration, so that's your master's. Um, collaboration is, is, is one of your pieces of expertise. And the stronger the networks, the better the um, mental health, we're, we're told by psychologists. Is that um, your take on it as well? It is, and boy, it has been fascinating to see how collaboration changes when you move to online collaboration. It's a different dynamic, it's a different way that humans interact when they're online together. And surprisingly, it's actually been beneficial for how people collaborate. They, we, we use the seven norms of collaboration when we're working with our teams. And one of the seven, seven norms is about pausing. And in a meeting when you've got seven people in a room and they're all talking together, it's surprising how difficult people find it to pause. Actually, all they want to do is have their say and they're not even listening to the person next to them. When you're online, that's a lot more complex. And so people are becoming more respectful collaborators. People who would not, not normally probably speak are speaking in ways that we hadn't seen before. So we're seeing enhanced collaboration and and I hope, we're going to have to work on this, so I hope that when we come back to school we can pick up the threads of what made that collaboration better when we come back into the school and we're sitting in the room with people interacting as we did in the past. But the upshot is that if we want to be effective when it comes to distance learning, if we want to stay sane, 
collaboration, teachers working and sharing the responsibilities is absolutely key. I was wondering about connections in terms of that collaboration. Having that as our foundation is critically important and then determining to be respectful, to presume positive intentions, to, to want to work together to, as, as a staff so that we can nurture and support our children. If our children are going to succeed in this time, which I think is going to, we'll look back and we'll be thinking, that, that was unprecedented. It, it's, it's, it's equal to a world war in, in terms of the impact that's happening on the world at the moment. You know? yeah. So our children's well-being is paramount at the moment. Children will not learn if they are anxious, if they are scared, if they are worried. So the number one thing we can do that we can collaborate on and for is for the well-being of our children. We get that right, then everything else will be okay. And that is going to be an immense challenge. We're, we just finished a survey here. We've been survey three with our parents, got a phenomenal response rate. Anxiety is up. Happiness is down. And this is year one to six children. They are scared and worried. And so we have a massive job to support them. Neil, in regards to supporting your um, teachers, you've said they've had to upskill pretty quickly on um, technology platforms like Zoom and things like that. Have you had to change your curriculum or anything to try and adapt really quickly? I was reading somewhere the other day, we've done a, a decade's worth of upskilling and, and change in, in a very short amount of time. So how are you managing all of that as well? So we, our, our curriculum here is the PYP curriculum, which is very similar to New Zealand's inquiry-based constructivist curriculum. Mm. Very challenging to have constructivist learning going on mm. by distance um, in the home um, without the resources, without the, the conversations, without the group work. So um, we are trying to maintain the essence and the, the integrity of being a PYP school, knowing that we have certain limitations. So it's about um, making the learning as, as enjoyable and as transdisciplinary as possible. So in New Zealand, we're talking about it being um, context-based rather than um, reading, writing and maths. We're still trying to do that. It does require that we have a look and say, what is practical? And there's a difference in practicality from year one to year six. So there's no point sending home a bunch of learning for year one where the children don't have parents at home in, in Hong Kong. Most of the homes have helpers, um, so, but the helpers don't often speak English to a level that they can support the children. So we are doing multiple changes, refinements, enhancements to see if we can make it meet the needs of our families. It's all anyone can do, um, and in New Zealand it'll be the same if they end up in distance learning. It's about finding out what your community needs and what your family needs. And we've got about 75% of our parents who are saying we're getting it just right, and for the 25% who aren't, then that's where we have to have further conversations and say, how can we help you to help your child to be successful? Within the confines and the reality of, of what we can do as educators. Many five- and six-year-olds are just learning to learn, right? Absolutely. And they learn through play. I mean, it's, it's a mantra of our school is learning through play is critically important. Pretty hard to have a, a Zoom conversation with a five-year-old and encourage them to go and do some play. They sitting down for two seconds in front of the screen makes me struggle in that. You know, imagine a five-year-old doing it. Yeah. So it's, I, I take my hat off to our, um, our junior teachers. What they have been doing particularly is focused on is creating learning tutorials so that the parents and the children can watch it again and again at, at their convenience. Um, also, they can watch the learning and what needs to happen in the evening when the parents are home. So distance learning has to be about what, how it can work for our family. So reliance on one-to-one -one live all the time is not appropriate. It's part, it's part of the solution, but it's not all of it. So we've been creating, the staff have been creating amazing tutorials that are going home and families are enjoying watching and children learning from. 
obviously, you know, there's so much pressure on the teachers not only to take a curriculum and try and apply it to an online environment, you know, that is uh, digestible for every student and the way they learn, because every child learns differently. So how do you make that connection remotely? Like, it's really difficult. You differentiate as needs. However, most of the learning experiences you create in the classroom will, will meet the needs of most children. Low ceiling, low threshold, high ceiling learning experiences. And, and our teams are still doing that type of experience. Mm. Just like in the classroom, you're probably going to have to reach out to 20% of your children, those who really need to be stretched more and those who really need support. And for those children, using a range of strategies. So we've got a learning enhancement team in New Zealand, be our SENCO. They'd be tapping in for those children, making sure they're getting the support they need. Um, for us, the initial um, impetus was around creating learning experiences, so creating videos and ways that children could look at learning. And then later, we've been coming into Zoom and live learning through that. That's been an evolution over, over eight or nine weeks, though. So we didn't go on day one of doing live teaching and learning via Zoom. And I'm quite comfortable with the evolution and the feedback from our parents is they're comfortable. What is fascinating is the expectations of parents changes quite quickly in this digital environment. And when they're hearing what's happening at the school down the road or the school in Singapore or the school overseas, and they want what they've got, forgetting mm. that we're actually doing some pretty amazing stuff here as well. Again, my job as a leader is to filter all those expectations and make sure we're getting closer, but without blowing the teachers out of the water. I just wanted to touch on too, the, um, you were talking about mindfulness with your teaching staff and being quite aware of how they're dealing with things. Um, but when you're dealing with children, quite often they won't talk about their feelings, will they? They're quite, um, or they don't know how to verbalise their feelings. So how are you supporting your students emotionally, I guess, and psychologically? Good question. So survey three, which we got a response from over 700 of our 900 families, well, actually, we have 750 families. So we've got most of the families responded, and we asked a series of questions that came from the AWE survey, and we just put those into a, um, a, quest, a series of questions about levels of anxiety, happiness, sleep, exercise, diet, and we asked the parents to do those questions with our children. That's given us some really helpful data, which we've been able to look at compared to previous data, and where, where there's concerns there, then we can touch base with the parent. And in some cases, they said, whoops, I pushed the wrong end of the scale. I'm actually doing fine. Um, but it's just open open opportunity for conversation. It's also allowed us to say, okay, anxiety is going up, but let's provide parents with more information about how you might support children with their anxiety. And you know what? Nothing's changed. It's still make sure that you're limiting your children access to social media. Make sure you're having the conversations as a parent where you're concerned out of the earshot of your children. Make yeah. sure you're giving your children time away from screen. These aren't new things, but they, their importance is heightened at the moment. Yeah. So to answer your question, getting the feedback from parents and students. And the older students can answer those questions themselves and then being responsive to it. And that completes our two-part special featuring Neil O'Reilly. We'd like to thank Neil so much for taking time out of his busy schedule to share his valuable insights. And next time, we'll be catching up with David Parsons, who's heading up uh, the postgraduate scheme at MindLab. Basically, they're preparing teachers for digital and online learning and collaboration. So absolutely perfect timing um, for, for us to be talking to him and hearing about how we can really make the most of the current situation. You know, we'll, we'll come out of this as teachers, I think, with, with a whole new skill set and a whole new set of perspectives on what teaching and learning can be like and i think that's our challenge isn't it we you know when we're faced with a with a situation like this it you know it's a threat and an opportunity right so um we have to treat it as an opportunity because you know it will end and we will come out of this and we want to make sure that when we do 
we can look back on it and say, well, we did the best we could and we got, you know, we actually got some positives out of that experience as well as all the negatives. And so thanks so much for listening. Um, if you have anyone that you know you think would be fantastic to feature or you'd like to feature yourself, um, make sure you get in touch with us because we'd love to hear from you. And until next week, take care. Ta kite no, cheerio, goodbye from New Zealand.